This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for your daily assist. Austin, let's get to that open. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Sam, happy Thursday, and uh, the playoffs are here, man. It's great. Happy Thursday, guys, and I'm with you. We got good action. We got, you know, some surprises. We, we need to avoid all injuries. You guys got Donovan back. We need Chris Paul to be healthy, but been fun so far. Absolutely. Let's. We've got a lot to get to uh, with you today. Let's start with your your thoughts on what you saw uh, in game number two and how the Jazz adjusted, certainly offensively, to what the Grizzlies are doing. Well, it was fun to watch. Um, I'm a sucker for just the, uh, the the human part of like we forget sometimes about the athlete experience and Donovan like being on a shelf for more than a month and then obviously being disappointed and frustrated that he didn't get to play in game one. Like, you know, if you didn't know any of that backstory, but then you watched the way he competed in that first quarter, like you probably could have guessed like, man, there's something different going on with this guy. Like he was just on one and it was fun to watch him clearly try to check Dylan Brooks and send a message like, okay, our, our big dog is back and you can stop, you know, trying to bully us type thing um you know that was fun and they obviously they hit their threes which is something that didn't happen in game one and you know even beyond utah that you know, yet again we get reminded that in the playoffs sometimes you know you can't count on threes like you could during the regular season phoenix ran into some of that and uh but that was obviously a big factor in game two so, Sam, uh, we heard you ask a question in the press conference that uh, Donovan had. I believe that, that was the one. And uh, so I'm curious to know if you've learned anything more about the backstory there. And if you ha- even if you haven't, I'm curious to know what your instincts told you about that, that disagreement. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've got a pretty good grip on it. You know, Tony Jones and I have written that story looking at the fact that I think the one thing that it is clearly at the middle of the frustration was that, you know, Donovan's personal training staff had essentially given him the green light and said they thought he was good to go. And that, that was not in accord, you know, that was a different uh, verdict, I guess, from the team. And this is the kind of a story that I think we're probably going to run into a little more frequently in today's NBA, because you're, you're seeing more and more star players, have outside trainers, have outside medical people, and you know they want to to control as much of their situation as possible, which I understand. But it's you know it becomes challenging when you're trying to coordinate, collaborate with the the team that you know that employs you. And, and I think it's probably a learning process for 
everybody who's involved. And like one of the things that we hit on in the story was from a uh, logistical standpoint, you know, one thing to highlight is like back in the day, and this doesn't make it the right way, but you might only have like three people on a team that were determining whether or not a player would be ready to go. And now all of a sudden you might have double digits in terms of people working for the franchise who have a voice and then maybe another three or four or five, you know, who knows on the personal training staff side. And that's a lot of voices in the room. And so getting to a clear decision that's best for the the player, first of all, and and also the team is, I think, tougher than it used to be. You said it, Sam, and I thought your piece uh, teaming up with Tony was was terrific. I thought mm-hmm. you guys did uh, did a, a really great job. But the, this this is a, a tricky situation, right? And I have sympathies uh, for both sides. I mean, Donovan really wants to play. You know, that's <laughs> that's not a problem. That's a great thing. And the Jazz right. uh, and I, I don't know all the details, of course, but but would seemingly are behaving cautiously because they feel like that's in their long term. Uh, best interest, and and that's also uh, a good thing. So I guess ultimately my question is, has there been damage done in the relationship with these uh, competing interests? I don't – I mean, I don't think so. I'm going to just trust kind of what I was told, which is that, of course, they know that he wasn't happy, and, of course, it's something that, yeah, it might leave a mark for a while, but it it certainly helps. I mean, he just re-upped on his – you don't have to worry about the contract side, which right. is not to say that that's the end-all, be-all, but, you know, he knows that, that he re-upped with this group and he believes in them. I think one thing we're learning about a lot of players these days is they're they're more comfortable just being uncomfortable sometimes with their franchise, if that makes any sense. And it doesn't mean, you know, that that kind of a player might turn around, you know, next year and say, hey, I want to trade and get me out of here. I think it sometimes just means they're they're okay saying – I didn't like how this went down. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, head for the hills and and not follow through on what we agreed to try to do together here. But you know, I think they they want their voice to be heard and to not feel bad about that. You know, I mean, Donovan knows his value. He knows what he means to the franchise. So I think they'll be okay. Um, you know, and I think that you know, within all that the Jazz are still figuring out some of these new dynamics, even with Dwayne Wade coming in, you know, and things like that. Um, everybody's kind of recalibrating after, a, obviously, a pretty intense uh, period from, you know, March through July last year as well. So, Sam, uh, you you saw what happened as Donovan comes back and the Jazz exploded offensively, uh, scoring more points than they'd ever scored in the playoff game before. And Donovan uh, looked pretty good, and uh, his teammates responded to him. Do you believe in that kind of bleed over, both from a, an emotional standpoint uh, and a physical standpoint, or do you think that's overdone a little bit? No, I, I do for sure. You guys know me well enough by now. Like, you know, um, that element of the game has always interested me, and yeah, I believe in it. I mean, you could just see, if anything, Donovan talked after the game about managing his own adrenaline and how like you run the risk of, of kind of burning it all in the first quarter and not having anything left. And I think they did run into that a little bit. He was so jacked up early on and it seemed so personal with Dylan Brooks, you know, and, and Dylan's another guy where you could look at it and say, you know, in, in game one, Dylan was the heartbeat of the Grizzlies and they followed his lead and job was right there and they got the win. So, yeah, I believe in it because it really is – it's no different than being on the playground and, 
and you think you're taking on one of the better teams, you know, on the blacktop, and then you look up and you're like, oh, this is awesome. They don't have their best guy, you know, and, and that's what Donovan is. You know, Rudy, certainly, we could have that debate. Who's better who's more important? Rudy and Donovan are both incredibly important to that group. But as far as, like, the swagger of the team and, you know, the guy who uh, you would expect to be taking that last shot at the end, that's Donovan. And for him to not be out there in game one, you saw the emotional void within their team. And then conversely, in game two, you saw the, the pickup that it gave him. Sam, just an observation to run by you and, and curious to get to your thoughts. But uh, we, we used to work very closely with, uh, in fact, he did a show for a brief period of time on this station with uh, Sean Bradley. Uh, of course, uh, a notorious shot blocker and, and, you know, joking around, talking to him about uh, ending up on so many posters, right? And, and he sure. said, hey, I don't regret it at all. That was my job on the team is to go contest that shot and, and protect the rim. That was my job. And if I ended up, uh, you know, on a poster for trying to do my job, so be it. And, and with that in mind, last night, that block that Rudy had on John Morant uh, <laughs> was just incredible. And I, I actually think it says a lot about Rudy, and I think it says a lot about Ja. One, Rudy, of course, is, is going to go out there and, and do his job. But also, you know, John Morant, it takes courage to try and do that to Rudy. And, <laughs> and he did not shy away from it after that happened. He continued to attack all night long. I think it says a lot about both of them. No, I agree. It was a great play, and it, and it really, you know, if ever, whatever the opposite of getting posterized is, that's obviously what happened to Ja. But my goodness, it still was incredibly entertaining to watch, even before you got to the block. You know, I, this analogy comes to mind, maybe because in my backyard for the kids we have a trampoline. But Ja looked like, you know, you jump on the trampoline, but it's got one of those mesh nets around the edge, and, <laughs> and you basically just got sucked up into the net. You know, that's what happened when he met Rudy. And then, listen, John, he got the counterpunch. Like, I still – I love Rudy's game, and I, I didn't ask any questions of Rudy last night on the Zoom, but if I was going to, I would have been tempted to, you know, and I don't know how you ask this delicately, but to be like, Rudy, like, why why did you duck out of the way on the second one? Like, he had another chance to kind of eat him alive. And, and I think, honestly, the ferocity with which John goes to the rim – and. I can't read Rudy's mind, but I wouldn't have blamed him if on that second one, which was not as dramatic as the first, but, you know, Rudy was right there. And then you saw Rudy, maybe it was a foul trouble thing, who knows, but he, he chose to, to get off the, the tarmac, you know what I mean? And, and John finished the play. So that part, the fearlessness and, and the mutual respect, I thought was, was definitely a cool moment. Sam, what do you think about the Jazz's defensive woes? I mean, this is just a matter of a great player like John Morant exploding into what he really is, or is this something that needs to concern the Jazz because they don't seem equipped to to, to slow him down? And Dylan Brooks maybe as well, although Jake doesn't believe Dylan Brooks is really what he seems to be. Not in these past two games where he's hardly missed a shot. Yeah, I mean, Dylan, you know, he's having a coming-out party. Um, I like Reggie Miller had a line about him the other night. He said, he said he likes that Reggie said, I like a little bit of loco, you know, and, and, <laughs> and, and Dylan might go too far at times, but that crazy that Dylan is bringing to the table has been contagious on the Grizzly side. Um, but no, the deep, I mean, you know, the defense on the jazz side, you know, what was it? 30 points in six minutes, you know, in third quarter or something like that. Um, like 18 straight possessions, I believe, without a stop. Like, come on, that's that's enough to, you know, I mean, Quinn Snyder's not going to sleep for a week after that one. 
So, you know, that's not who they are. Um, and I think on the perimeter, it is a concern. Now, Donovan's coming off the ankle injury, so I give him a little bit of a pass in terms of, you know, he's trying to find his way. But, you know, with Mike Conley and Royce O'Neal and those guys, like, pretty strong perimeter defenders. And so on paper, Josh should not be able to get into the paint whenever he wants. But the guy, you talk about change of direction, change of speed. You know, he just has a knack for, for kind of, you know, to getting through the, the Tetris uh, of defenders, if, if that makes any sense. So it's a concern. He's not going to drop 47 every night, I don't think. But, you know, he's obviously been productive, and, and Dylan has too. So it, it does seem somewhat real. So, Sam, confession time. I uh, And you may know this, actually, but uh, I've been in the, the Clippers camp for quite some time. The the Clippers, they'll eventually pull it together camp for a long, long time. <laughs> and they now trail the, the Mavericks losing two games at home. And I, I look and feel really dumb. So where did I go wrong? What did I miss about this team? <laughs> Seriously, I can't believe it. 0-2 to the Mavericks. And, and hey, the, Ma- the Mavericks are good and Luka's amazing. But, I mean, it just feels like they constantly fall short. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I overlooked the Mavs. Uh, you know, Porzingis hasn't been as good as he was previously, and I thought that was going to matter more. Um, you know, Luka has been playing at a really high level for a long time, but you felt like, like, wait a minute, isn't that exactly why they went out and got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Like, if you can't shut down one high-level elite, you know, perimeter scorer, then, you know, what's the point of getting two guys who, well, I'm not say were, because right now they're not living up to their reputation, two guys who were known as, you know, top five perimeter defenders in the NBA, um, you know, a former defensive player of the year, so I don't know what to make of it. It's a little talk about John Morant and his dominance and, you know, kind of overcoming a jazz perimeter defense that has a great reputation. Luca's doing the same thing. He's crafty. Um, you know, he's finding his teammates. You know, the game one, he didn't even score all that much in that final stretch, but the threat of what Luca brings opened everything up for everybody else. So he's been incredible. And, uh, I'm, you know, if they end up finishing this job, and I'm going to actually try to write a column on this tonight, you know, it runs the risk of, of kind of blowing this Clippers thing up. And I, you know, I don't think Kawhi Leonard's going to leave in free agency, but still, like, Steve Ballmer's head's going to explode if this thing happens because I do not anticipate, you know, he did not think he was going to be out in the first round. Circling back on sort of the whole idea of the Clippers trying to. <laughs> arrange this matchup, uh, there, there's some real irony here, huh, Sam? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's there's something about their demeanor and their talking points that honestly kind of drive me nuts and drive a lot of people nuts. You know, it's like constantly saying that you're not concerned, constantly acting like, and, and this will sound petty because maybe I'm making it, a little bit too much about me and my outlet, but you know, last year we took a lot of flack. Myself and the, our Clippers beat writer wrote a story highlighting the chemistry issues the Clippers had. You know, and they just they acted like we got it all wrong, like nothing to see here, and that everything we wrote about bared out. You know what I mean? And there's just a weird vibe, and I think honestly has a lot to do with the fact that Kawhi is a tremendous player, but I I don't think we've seen you know, any great leadership out of him. His personality is just different, and he's not 
You know, you see the older LeBron James has gotten. You know, the other night he's gassing up Contavious Caldwell Pope in a key moment. He's in his ear. He's learned how to pick guys up. He's learned how to connect with other people. Um, the Clippers' experience continues to feel fairly transactional, if that makes sense. Like, you, we have the talent, and the talent should win the championship. And then, uh, you know, yet again, at least so far, they're kind of left sitting here going, well, what's missing? Why isn't this working? So I'm curious, Sam, to your take on on Chris Paul and kind of the repeating history of his injuries in the playoffs. Is he the world's most unlucky player, or is there a study to be done here on why load management is a thing and that maybe he has you know burnout or whatever uh, way you want to describe it going into all these playoff series? But it's it's seemingly the last you know four or five times, uh, if I remember correctly, four out of the last five years that he's been injured in the playoffs um i think right now i would probably not agree with you there jake as far as right now i mean i think in the past perhaps um but this thing the other night seemed to me like a fluke injury and something where you know somebody pulls on your shoulder uh i don't know how much wear and tear is coming into play there and and as you guys know because he's talked about a lot you know, Chris has changed his routine in the kind of way that I think had him ready to roll. And now he was healthy in the first round last year, and he played at a high level against Houston when they lost in seven games. So, you know, he was effective and got the job done there, and and they almost shocked the world and, and beat his old team. But, yeah, this one is, is just super unfortunate because – you know, it's it's whatever the opposite of poetic justice is. Like you're playing your good friend LeBron James in the first round, and it's been a very long time. You guys have probably heard this story about how the first time LeBron was in the NBA Finals, Chris Paul sat courtside while he was playing for New Orleans and watched the game, and then later went on to say, like, like I love my friend, but like I don't I don't want to watch the finals from sideline anymore. I want to be in them. And all these years later, he's still trying to get to that stage, and he hasn't been able to. So for him to then be in a playoff series against LeBron for the first time in his career, you know, the, the story, if it went the other way, would be incredible. What if he beat LeBron and then went on to get to the finals? Well, now all of a sudden it, it looks like it's just more of the same, that an injury is going to end up, you know, nipping him in the bud and they're going to get bounced and, and it's going to be, you know, more for a guy who's already had one of the toughest playoff resumes in the history of the game. Sam, thus far, have you had any revelatory moments when you're watching what's going on and you're thinking, hmm, I, that, that stands out to me. Anything? From any of the series, Gordon? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first one, I guess, that comes to mind, it's one of the more boring series so far, but like Philly and Washington, I guess I'll, here, I'll, I'll put it this way. The top of the East is, I think, is super interesting because Brooklyn's having their way with Boston, uh, and I think the general question of like who's the favorite in the East, I think it's kind of cool that we don't really know at all right now. Like Milwaukee, it, it's funny everybody's acting like, oh man, this Miami series is there's you know it's nothing like last year and they're just breezing through them. And I get it, they they destroyed them in Game Two, but they barely made it out of Game One, so I don't even know what to think of Milwaukee yet. Like I'm impressed by the 2 nothing lead, but let's not pretend that it was two blowouts. You know, it was a win by the seat of your pants game one, and then 
destruction in game two. But, you know, Milwaukee's looking good. Philly is doing, you know, taking care of business with the Wizards, and their defense is something that I think is going to hold up throughout the course of the playoffs. The, you know, to see a guy like Bradley Beal play pretty well and then have to fight through Ben Simmons and have to fight through Matisse Steibel, you know, and, and have to fight through guys like that, Tobias Harris even in stints, uh, you know, their defense looks to me like something that, who knows, could take them to the final. So that Milwaukee, uh, Brooklyn, Philly trio, uh, I think is really strong at the top of the East. Sam, as always, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Sam Amick of The Athletic. And make sure you check out uh, his piece with uh, Tony Jones. They did a great inside look at uh, the Donovan Mitchell situation. That's up at theathletic.com. Yeah, yeah, all good. Any takeaway there? Do you think think Sam thinks the Jazz are going to roll forth now? Oh, I don't know if I got the impression. Roll fourth is is pretty strong, but you think that's what's going to happen, right? I do. I don't know if they rattle off three in a row. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, two of those would be in Memphis. That's that's probably a pretty tall order. But yeah, I, I certainly expect them to move forward. I thought it was interesting what Quinn said last night after the game that his team is is reconnected. You know, having Donovan back, and that bodes well. So because they've been. A team that has, even though they have stars on on the team, it, it's a team that needs to be connected yeah. in order to be what it's shown that it can be. So I talked to to somebody yesterday, or somebody today actually, who's who's around the locker room, and uh, they they told me about the kind of the vibe in game one as opposed to game two, just the way the guys interacting. Uh, stark difference. Hmm stark difference between game one and game two. And maybe it was, you know, the letdown of Donovan not playing in game one. You know, I, I don't know. And game two, maybe Donovan being back or or the, the refocus, I don't know. But this person who was close to it told me the vibe was distinctly different, which I can I can buy for sure. Well, you definitely would be more confident, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of confidence. <laughs> Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now is our friend uh, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. But, uh, you know, we talk about ED, Andrew. It can it can affect all aspects of life, confidence being one of those, not to mention the, the life of your partner. Yeah, absolutely. Confidence is a big one. When a guy gets ED, uh, it has this ripple effect. And I think they say depression and anxiety go up, probably not just for the man, for his partner, the relationship as a whole. And I've seen this time and time again where it kind of breaks couples down a little bit. Intimacy is an important part. And at Wasatch Medical, we use acoustic wave therapy, which I believe takes the negatives out of treating ED. It's not a pill. It's not, I hope it works. I don't know when it will work. And I don't know what side effects I'll get the next day. With just a few treatments, think about this. Over two to three weeks, 10 minutes apiece, you could be done with the ED. That's what the studies say. The pressure waves will open up very gently. The blood vessels allow for better circulation and can get rid of the erectile dysfunction. So fix fix the problem, not the symptom, right? Right. The pill is something you're going to be taking forever. It's, it's a Band-Aid. It's treating symptoms. This treatment, as far as I know, it's actually the only thing that goes to the root cause. It focuses on the problem. Uh, the damaged blood vessels, 
and restores the spontaneity. 801-901-8000. That's the number you got to call. Get on the schedule, and now is a great time to do it. You guys are doing some special stuff for Memorial Day. We are. Coming into summer, uh, you can call us now. The assessment and exam is free. The blood flow ultrasound is free. And by the way, you can come in and go through that. It takes about 30 minutes and say no to the treatments. That is totally fine. It won't cost you any money. There's 500 bucks off with Memorial Day right now towards the treatments if you decide to do it. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, there you go. Give him a call today. We'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Confidence is very sexy. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. The Utah Jazz have evened their best of seven playoff series with the Memphis Grizzlies thanks to a win last night, 141 to 129, behind 25 points from Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley had a nice game. He had 20 points uh, to go along with 15 assists, and Mike talked about having Donovan back. Well, yeah, obviously he's a, a tremendous weapon for our team, um, similar to how you know how Rudy is when he rolls and just draws so much attention. Um, before a defense, he's the same way uh, with him and with just him with the ball or him without the ball. Just how much people gravitate towards him and, and lanes open up for other players on our team. And um, if he's got it going, it's, it's it's really tough on team, obviously offensively. So um, he's just you know just having him around, seeing him smile, seeing him you know just leading like he always has, just does so much for for all the guys on the team. Just back at it for game three. <laughs> Coming up on Saturday night uh, in Memphis. Tip-off for that game will be at 7.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.30. This update brought to you by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you, mountainland.com. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordon, we were talking about fans there during the break. Uh, the the 76ers fa- fan, I'm not going to say fans, the, the fan there in Philadelphia who poured uh, popcorn on Russell Westbrook because he was walking off the floor injured. I mean, it's never it's never accessible or acceptable to, to pour anything on a player ever, but but... 
I mean, I, I guess I'd have a little more sympathy if it were like an ejection or something. I mean, the, 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 he's a guy who hurt his ankle. I yeah. mean, he's hobbling to the locker room. Look, I, I love fans, but sometimes they just do really stupid things. And that was... And sorry about ghosting you on this uh, observation last night. Oh, I wasn't going to bring that up. But, yeah, I, uh, I just well, what, feel like I'm you... having one-sided conversations with you these oh, days. Oh, stop it. <laughs> well, you, you, you brought that up with me, and I, and I, didn't, uh, I didn't react to that. Did you, did you just, just sit there and look at me? Because I never heard the question. I, I think you somehow just did the yeah, yeah, yeah or something. I don't know. But I specifically was like, oh, Gordon, your Philly fans are looking bad tonight. They poured popcorn on Russell Westbrook. And I don't know what I got, but I was specifically – Talking to you. Uh, well, I I guess dumping popcorn on somebody is better than beating somebody over the head with a rubber chicken, which is another thing I saw happen in a Philly uh, at a Flyers game mm. once. Uh, boo, boo and Santa Claus and all that. But it was not the only. And Austin, we'll we'll get to what we're planning on getting to here. But it, you know, there was the 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 spit incident there yes. in New York. Another unfortunate moment, which. Uh, yeah, and and the Russell Westbrook. This is not the first time he's spoken up about fan behavior. Uh, obviously, we uh, witnessed one such an incident up close. And and you know what? Like, I'm I'm a little bit torn on on fan behavior just because like part of the excitement of being at the game and to boo and to cheer and to do all these things that you wouldn't necessarily do walking down the road, right? But I do really sympathize with fans when it comes to stuff like this, or with, excuse me, with players when it comes to stuff like this. I don't care what your job is. You shouldn't have to put up with stuff, you know, people throwing stuff at you right. or pouring stuff on you yeah, or, or any of that stuff. Come I mean, I, I certainly. That's ridiculous. I certainly sympathize with, a little, I mean, spit on. I mean, come on. So. So what is it about? I mean, it's kind of a love-hate thing because we love sports and we love the way it takes people to a different place. But sometimes it takes people to a place they shouldn't go. Well, and, and, and that's just stupid. Well, here's here's something that's stupid. We're going to play a clip from a, a Memphis radio show where they uh, they started talking about jazz fans and, and they, and they and go their, into fan mode and their dislike. Uh, but it's it's just so funny because it's fictional, right? I mean, you know, the Jazz fans were cheering their team last night and booing the other team like every other fan base. And somehow the like this radio show's like, oh, now I just don't like they used to be the cute little small market team. And now I just oh, it's adorable. So here here is OK. Do we want to get is this the station, the show, Austin? Do we need to identify any of that stuff or are we just going? 92 ESPN Memphis, the Jeff Calkins show. Here you go. My fundamental takeaway from last night is I can't wait for game three. I want Memphis fans to have a chance to get at them. Like, it is full-on series. It is emotional. It is, like, in the end, you know, it was just like 12 minutes ago that we were like, you know, I kind of like Utah. I like Mike, and, you know, they're, it's, you know, they're the underdog team and overlooked, and I, I – I, I was saying this. Yes. I want Utah against Mil- Screw Utah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I'm full on. You wonder where the bile comes from in a, you know, we think about, well, how come we don't hate people like we hated the Clippers anymore? Because you weren't in a playoff series. Exactly. There's no question. That's that's what it really boils down to. Playoff series produced the anger. And then, and this one honestly is, 
really emotional. Really contentious. That game was supposed to be about Donovan Mitchell's return. It was about John Morant not going anywhere. That's what it was about. The best player on the court last night was not Donovan Mitchell, although he was good. He was very good. He was damn good. I wish he was a little rustier. Yeah, uh, so much for thinking that that would be a, an opportunity. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of rust there from Donovan Mitchell. I hate him too now, though. See how happy he looks all the time? Like he's he's sort of quasi laughing all the time. He's got kind of the he, he runs, he's got kind he of the school Dylan. he's got kind of the schoolboy villain face. You know what I mean? He's always got, got that got little the smirk. Schoolboy yeah. villain face. He runs Dylan off a screen and kind of jumps into him. Dylan gets called for the foul, and they just, I'm on his ass. I'm on his ass. Screw you. Like, the whole thing, it, 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 but the best player on the court was John Morant. I came away from that. Again, my overwhelming thing was a awe and gratitude that, that the Grizzlies have John Morant. And playoff basketball's back. Not, not just for this weekend, but for the next Ten years, right? Like at least that—that's the—that's the, the over. Maybe forever. Right? Who knows? Maybe forever. And then it is. I hate that team, <laughs> and I hate those fans, and um, I hate them in their little color coordinated, uh. in their little color coordinated sections, and in their little coordinated booze, and their little like they think they're tough, Boo and Dylan Brooks, mm-hmm. and just so I hate them, and I'm ready for for FedEx form to unleash its bile upon the Utah Jazz, and I'm ready for game three. That's my main takeaway. And I think everyone is. That was a weird way he said that at the end. And I think everyone is. <laughs> you know what? That, that that sounds like to me a couple of guys who haven't been watching good basketball for a while. Does it now, Gordon? Sure does. And I hate him for it. Hate is such, such they used a strong to be so word. nice, so cute. Uh, the Grizzlies. Oh, Mike Conley played there for a long time. Now, now, Jake, I hate them. Yeah, it's I crazy. hate them. It's- Did you see the way they were they were roughing up the Jazz players? Did you see the way you know? And, and none of it really matters because uh, you know we got John Moran for another ten years. Yeah, in today's day and age in the NBA, I wouldn't be. Latching on to that, I'm sure. I'm sure Pelicans fans thought, "Man, we're going to have this Anthony Davis for the next ten years at least." Well, that, it's, but it, but it just anyway, sounds like, it sounds like frustration to me. And you know how I feel about guys being overly homers. Go uh, Lobos in, in radio. It's just it, it it it's unprofessional to me. And I don't know what these guys' problems are. Uh, maybe they got problems that are edging up on them, and they just got to find a place to spill it out. But <laughs> What did jazz fans do? I mean, okay, so they booed like, like Dylan personal Brooks. problems. What? <laughs> I don't know. Like they have a I, splinter in their third toe, or have you ever been around somebody who was really grumpy because, and you didn't know exactly why, but you figured something was irritating that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Jake. Yeah. Uh, screw oh, you. Yeah. Screw you. Wow. I hate you. Uh, so anyway, uh, there, there, there you go. There's the... a couple of fans who are. Who were in front of microphones and they're mad at jazz fans for for doing what fans do. They didn't dump popcorn on anybody. They didn't spit on anybody. They were just in it uh, emotionally, and that's what fans do. And so, it was fun. It, it was a great so, atmosphere. So I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know what they're trying to stir up all this vitriol so that FedEx will be uh, a madhouse. But not color-coded, apparently, which I think looks pretty cool. Yeah, when they said that, Jake and Gordon, I wondered if they realized that those shirts were put out for the fans. It wasn't like it was some Reddit forum that the fans all unified behind and said, "We're all. I'm going to wear orange, you wear red. It was it was coordinated by the team, not the fans. You think they realized that? I don't know. I, I don't I, know. <laughs> I'm just glad that they picked the game better to do it this time. Do you remember when they, they did the color-coded thing when they were playing against the Warriors and it was <laughs> it was like yellow? It was golden yellow. Yeah. And like the Warriors looked, jerseys. Yeah, it looked like a Warriors home game. They just picked the wrong game to do it. This game was fine. I thought it looked way cool. Did you see anything out of Jazz fans that was uh, any in, untoward in any way? I did not. They booed Dylan Brooks, who is the type of player you boo. Yeah. Just like Joe Ingles gets booed. Yeah, so he goes. take it as a compliment, Dylan. Yep. I don't and, know. And, and I he, saw. He I feeds saw... off that stuff too. I think he, he he actually likes it. I saw a fan's sign that said they changed their password to Grizzlies, but Gmail said it was too weak. That's pretty. That's pretty. That, be be a little classier. Did right? they? Okay, nasty, so I I don't nasty. I don't know this. This has got to be a thing where they limit the size of the sign. Is that because they, they, they were, hand out the size of the sign here at the door? Oh, do they? Because when they were doing the sign contest, I was like, why does it, why is everybody bringing these teeny signs? You'd yeah, think at least a, one of them would be big. There's a sign making station that you get the supplies from, and this this lady who I just mentioned, she brings cut out letters from home every game. She's okay. a season ticket holder, but anyway. You know, you know, it's, uh, it, when, when I hear that kind of talk, it I, I flash back to when the Jazz weren't, they were kind of, they weren't much of a threat. They were a bit of a threat. They were a quality basketball team, but they people didn't hate them because they weren't winning enough to be hated. Now the Jazz, best record in the league, you know, uh, uh, doing things the way we expected the Jazz to play up to their potential in a game last night, and now the opposition hates them. How about this? Uh, um, our friend Ben Anderson from KSL Sports just uh, texted me. He said, Grizzlies are handing out grind towels at uh, Memphis uh, for this weekend's fans. No color-coded shirts. So oh. their gimmick is a little bit different. So are we going to hate their towels? I hate all towels. I'm more of a drip-dry guy myself. <laughs> Oh, I love a good towel. Oh. I'm I, I'm an air dry. Yeah. You're what? an air dry. Oh, air yeah. dry oh, 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 yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You come out of the shower and you just drip. Mostly, yeah. How long does it take? Well, that's a personal question. <laughs> that I draw the line there. Do you, like, turn a fan on and, and blow dry? Yeah, I do a fan. I do some lunges. It just get some things opened up. Anti-towel. I'm with you. Towels Man. Towels are a breeding ground for mold. No, 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 no. You got to get, well, I mean. Easy, Walt it, Frazier. It, it, <laughs> you knew I was going to go there, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, man. The, the, uh, the autobiography by Walt Frazier telling people how to be cool and how to, you got to get just the right towel that's uh, crispy yet soft. <laughs> <laughs> want to remind you about our friends uh, at uh, 
Davis Vision. They've got their spring LASIK sale going on now. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Market update next. What's going on at 4? Tim LaCombe at 5. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys, Jake here to tell you about our good friends at Peach Building Products, Utah's premier window and door retailer combining beauty and technology on windows and doors. Since 1993, uh, they've got a beautiful showroom, 2940 South, 300 West. Uh, go in there, find out what they can do for you, or or simply find Cindy, who is the owner, wonderful person, huge, huge jazz fan, and you can just talk a little playoffs. But trust me, if you're looking for new windows and doors, this is the place you need to go. They pride themselves on customer service. They talk to people. If you call them, they will answer because the customer is what is most important. And that, of course, is rare in today's business climate. No high-pressure sales, no subcontractors, no ghosting. Uh, They will just sell you windows or doors. They'll install your windows or doors. They back it up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. Uh, They are absolutely amazing. This is a turnkey operation. They want to make sure that you are well taken care of and uh, they want to uh, do it with the best quality in mind they do custom uh, stuff if you want to if you're interested in bringing your uh, windows up uh, to the maximum energy efficiency they absolutely can help you with that as well you can get started at their website peachbuildingproducts.com they have over 255 star reviews that's peachbuildingproducts.com or you can just stop by and see them 2940 south 300 West. That's 2940 South, 300 West. That's Peach Building Products. This is Utah Jazz Playoff Basketball on the Zone Sports Network. The Utah Jazz even the series on Wednesday, and now both teams will go back to the chalkboard defensively. Two of the best defensive teams in the league, and no one could get stops on Wednesday night. So will one of these two teams figure out a defensive answer? Can the Jazz slow down John Morant? Can Memphis slow down the multiple Jazz options? We'll find out Saturday. Tip-off at 7.30. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30. When the Jazz take the court, in the NBA playoffs. You'll hear every moment on The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com today. Gordon, how did the markets do? Jake, today was uh, one of those days where it was a really good day for some folks and, uh, and kind of a bad day for other folks. But on the whole, overall, a decent day. Okay. 
The Dow Jones, the Dow was uh, up 141.59 points today. Happy birthday, SpongeBob. The Nasdaq, on the other hand, was down well, almost two points. Makes me sick. <laughs> and the S&P was up uh, nearly five points. George Kriavkov. <laughs> Makes me sick. Really good day for General Electric. Uh, good day for Ford. Good day for Boeing. Good day for Under Armour. A good day for General Motors. Um, real quick, while we're talking numbers, mm-hmm. um, let's see. John Orund of the, I think, Sports Business Journal, yeah, uh, put out the uh, ratings for the games last night. Mm-hmm. This is pretty interesting. Um, there were three games, right? Grizzlies, Jazz on TNT, Knicks, Hawks on TNT, and Wizards, Sixers on NBA TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wizards, Sixers on NBA TV – 341,000 viewers. Okay. The Knicks Hawks on TNT, 2.582 million viewers. Mm. And the Jazz Grizzlies, the nightcap on TNT, 2,755,000, or excuse me, uh, 2.755 million viewers. Higher, higher than the Knicks Hawks. Yeah. Which is a surprise to me anyway. Late time slot. You know, the, the Knicks and the New York market. So what do you attribute that? I don't know. Uh, did the Donovan Mitchell story get big enough to draw eyes like that? That might have been part of it. I mean, be. you know, John Moran is certainly fun to watch. Yeah, he is. And maybe there's kind of the, the David versus Goliath kind of thing because Memphis stole game one. Still two smaller market type situations yeah. going at it and drawing a lot of interest. But so. that's, that's, that's pretty good on the jazz. People yeah. want to watch them, apparently. All right, well, let, they did have the best record in the league this year. I don't know that if you should knew help. That, Jake, yeah. but that, that is We've notable. got what's going on coming up next. But first, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And if you want to improve your life, if you're dealing with ED, stop it. You don't have to do it anymore, right, Andrew? You don't have to do it. And I think a lot of guys out there listening probably heard us before, thinking, well. You know, things aren't as good as they used to be in the bedroom. I don't think I have ED, but it's not where I want to be. That is so common, and you're right. You don't have to live like that. Uh, You can get the frequency back to what it was or increase it from what it is now with our technology, two forms of acoustic wave therapy at Wasatch Medical. Uh, Gentle pressure waves come from a device through the skin into the blood vessels, opens up very gently those blood vessels, regrows them. That's known as neovascularization. And the end result is more blood flow. Where you want it, when you want it, that is what ED is. It's a blood flow problem. We're correcting it. And of course, that eliminates the need to take the pill. Who are good candidates for this, Andrew? I would say anybody that's frustrated in the bedroom, but maybe the earlier, the better. If you're not at 0%, you're not at 20%, maybe you're higher, Things are okay, but not as good as you want it to be. That uh, I've seen those guys get back to 100% really quickly. Mm. 801-901-8000. And if getting back to 100% sounds pretty good or, or pretty close anyway, 801-901-8000, you can get on the schedule. And uh, you guys are doing a great promotion for Memorial Day. We are. The assessment and exam with our doctors free. By the way, there's no obligation. You can come in, ask a lot of questions. You do not have to do the treatments. 
If you do, uh, you get 500 bucks off right now with Memorial Day. So great deal. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. There you go. Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. What's going on is next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.